Welcome to Zero Down podcast presented by the Economics Department of Miranda House. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court in the US overturned a landmark decision it took in 1973, which ruled out an unduly restrictive state regulation of abortion as unconstitutional. The case was popularly known as Roe versus Wade. The battle started when an anonymous married woman, Jane Roe, challenged the severe abortion laws of Texas. Two years later, in 1973, the Supreme Court invalidated the Texas law by a 7-2 vote. This did trigger responses from the Roman Catholic Church and fundamentalist Protestant ministers who formed the National Right to Life Committee with the explicit goal of reversing Roe versus Wade. The overturn became one of the most debated issues in the history of feminist movement, gaining huge intellectual and public attention. The issue is fundamentally thorny because it involves basic faiths. Those who believe life begins at conception feel that the unborn child deserves the same legal protections as an adult. Others argue that life begins at birth and that the laws restricting abortion interferes with the right of a woman to decide what is in her own best interest. Opponents of abortion use the label pro-life to define their cause and supporters of Roe versus Wade identify themselves as pro-choice. Here, henceforth, we talk about the socio-economic impacts of the abrogation of Roe versus Wade. The Monday after Roe v. Wade was overturned, witnessed a sharp surge in the demand for over-the-counter contraceptives and emergency contraceptives such as the morning after pill, forcing retail giants such as Walmart, CVS and Rite Aid to ration the supplies. This was triggered in part by the fact that some abortion bills already threaten contraception access by defining the life of an unborn child as starting at fertilization or conception which could be interpreted to apply to contraceptive methods like Plan B. Apprehensive about future possible impediments on reproductive health care, women have been forced to resort to stockpiling contraceptive methods. For many, it gives them a quick burst of power or control during an otherwise disorienting time. Now, coming to analyzing the social impacts of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the restrictions of the right to abortion may have profound social and economic changes in the US as well as around the world, as it sends chills and shocks across the world regarding its prospects for the erosion of social and political rights of women, with nine states having already heeded the court's decision and 26 more to follow the same. Starting with the basic right to choice, America since the 1960s is torn between sections of people calling themselves pro-life and pro-choice. What is alarming is that the court says that from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no right to speak of, hence declaring a pause on basic democratic rights of women over the period of pregnancy. The High Commissioner to UN Human Rights states that the access to safe, legal, and effective abortion is firmly rooted in international human rights law and is at the core of women and girls' autonomy and ability to make their own choices about their bodies as well as lives. Essentially, this very decision strips such autonomy from millions of women, in particular, those with low incomes and those belonging to racial and ethnic minorities. When we're talking about racial and ethnic minorities, it is important to know the impact of this overturn on these communities. It is noted that the effects of these restrictions would disproportionately fall on those who were already marginalized, particularly women of color and non-binary and transgender people. A few studies help clarify how race and class influence who will most be harmed. Majority of abortions were obtained by people who were below the federal poverty line. 
comprising mainly of black and hispanic people with data also pointing to the fact that due to limited access to resources and sexual and reproductive health awareness the use of contraception has been lower among women of color exposing them to the risk of higher unwanted pregnancies with abortions unattainable such racial groups are prone to be affected adversely apart from that unequal racial practices have been popular in the history of medical science and practice another important thing to discuss in this respect is the risk of increasing crime rates a 2020 paper in the american law and economics review finds that legalized abortion following roe v wade in 1973 accounts for a large share of the crime drop over the past 3 decades Legalized abortion is estimated to have reduced violent crimes by 47% over this period and thus can explain most of the observed crime decline. It was found in 2001 that legalized abortions appear to have accounted for up to half of the drop in rates of violent crime and property crime up to that point. One of the authors said in a 2019 interview that they repeated the regression progress after 20 years with more data and the results got even stronger. that data substantiates the argument that unwanted children are at an elevated risk for less favorable life outcomes on multiple dimensions including criminal involvement and the legalization of abortion seems to have dramatically reduced the number of unwanted births i think it's very important to talk about the impact on mental health when it comes to restrictions in abortion Pregnancy can be a daunting time for a woman given the interplay of various hormones and changes taking place in their body and during such times abortion in itself can be a challenge for some women but abortions have not been as traumatic as they can be now after the overturn of Roe v Wade a new found stress regarding unwanted pregnancies is haunting women in states which have restricted access to abortion an additional anxiety looms for pregnant people who feel compelled to bring pregnancies to term that might be the result of rape incest or even abusive relationships this might result in ripple effect of depression from parent to a newborn child when we are talking of the impacts of the overturn we must cite the turnaway study which is an important research work in this field the turnaway study is a groundbreaking study examining the effects of unwanted pregnancy on women's lives The Turnaway Study is an effort to capture women's stories, understand the role of abortion and childbearing in their lives, and contribute to the ongoing public policy debate on the mental health and life course consequences of abortion. The main finding of the Turnaway Study is that receiving an abortion does not harm the health and well-being of women, but in fact, being denied an abortion results in worse financial, health, and family outcomes. Before the turnaway study there was little quality research on the physical and social consequences of unwanted pregnancy for women. Now let's try to understand how exactly this research was conducted. From 2008 to 2010 about 1000 women who sought abortions were selected from multiple abortion facilities from around the country. These women were then divided into two groups. Some who received abortions because they presented under the gestational limit of the clinic and some who were turned away and carried their pregnancy to term because they were past the gestational limit research assistants interviewed participants by phone over a period of 5 years ending in january 2016 the interviews were wide ranging covering topics from physical and mental health to relationship status nearly 8000 interviews were conducted over the course of the project and participants were interviewed every 6 months about various aspects of their life such as mental and physical health or even economic situation 
Looking into the implications of such an intricate study, we see a couple of areas where the lives of two groups dramatically diverge in outcomes. The first is health. Carrying a pregnancy to term and delivering a child is much more physically risky than having an abortion. In fact, it's even riskier than having a very late abortion. The other aspect of socioeconomic well-being. The study showed that people who were denied an abortion and went on to give birth experienced an increase in household poverty, lasting at least four years relative to those who received an abortion. In concrete terms, this simply means these women struggle to cover basic living expenses like food, housing, transportation, and experience blows to their financial security like lower credit scores, increased debt, and a highly likelihood of bankruptcy and eviction. However, it is also important to understand that these women are more likely to be raising children alone, in contrast to the fact that those who received abortion report that their relationship is higher of quality. So it's changing fundamental aspects of people's life, including their chance at having children later under a much better circumstance. It is also important to look into how this research adds to discussion of Roe versus Wade. The Turnaway study shows that those who carry the pregnancy to term will experience long-term physical health and economic harm with particularly tragic ramifications on women from low-income households and women of color. What the Turnaway study does not answer about the current time is that many people will manage to circumvent their state laws and they won't carry their pregnancy to term. Now, when we're talking about the Turnaway study, a uh, black market for illegal abortions uh, emerges as an important issue here. Abortions will continue, regardless of whether they're illegal or not. The only thing that Supreme Court ruling does is restrict procedures that are performed legally, safely, and are accessible to everyone. Those that would be truly desperate and in need of it would still likely resort to traveling to other states, ordering abortion pills online, or even resorting to black market and unsafe methods, putting themselves at an increased risk of exploitation because of the same. Even in prominent markets belonging to countries where abortions are banned, you can still find concealed corners where you can get an abortion. These include so-called home remedies and illegal pills that can nip unwanted pregnancies in the bud. However, these methods in the black market cost drastically more than they would otherwise. The hospitals in the countries where abortions are illegal, such as El Salvador, witnessed a sharp rise in the number of women turning up with major complications induced by botched abortions. These complications ranged in severity and included some where infections spread to their entire abdomen, leading to the removal of the whole uterus. One important phenomenon that was witnessed was the rise of DIY abortions using the drug called misoprol, which was originally used to treat stomach ulcers. This is particularly concerning because many people in these regions where abortion is outlawed end up using this drug without knowing its proper dosage in the absence of proper legal methods of consultation, therefore hurting themselves unknowingly. The economic cost of illegal abortions should also be duly noted. Unsafe abortions lead to a drainage in resources and cost the economy around $105 billion per year by reducing women's labor force participations. And so while looking at the abrogation of Roe v. through an economic lens, it is of utmost importance that we look at the spillover effect of this abrogation on the labor effect. 
Since the double burden of household chores and childcare often fall to women, the financial implications are quite big. Women lose an average of 18% of their earning power and spend over three or more years out of the workforce. A single woman earning an average wage living with a child aged zero to five was five percentage points more likely to exit the labor force relative to a similar woman with no children at home. The impact can be adverse for teenagers who might have to give up their whole career, including higher educational and academic opportunities if denied an abortion. Research suggests that women in states with more restrictive abortion laws were less likely to go into a higher paid occupation. And it was found that postponing motherhood for one year increased wage rates. Economists fear that new limits on the practice will not only hurt those people, but the overall economy, as well as at a time when inflation is raging and low workforce participation looms as an obstacle to the recovery. When we are talking about uh, Roe versus Wade, uh... As previously mentioned, childcare does come into account and the impact on children is very much profound. Uh, women who cannot afford to go to great lengths to get an abortion would end up carrying their pregnancy to term. Further, an unfortunate trend to note in this regard is that most of these states that are expected to restrict abortion rank among the worst spending on welfare of newborns regarding their educational and medical needs. The effects of such a ban is more likely to be exacerbated for poor families and families of color. Therefore, many families are likely to be forced to add a new child to their mix without being certain of their ability to raise a child and without sufficient support. This could lead to more children living in poverty with their households struggling to pay for bare necessities, causing these children to struggle to hit early milestones. This may even be linked to rise in child abuse or trafficking by families who may blame their new child for being the cause of their additional burden. While discussing the impact that this is likely to have on children, I think it's also important to discuss the impact that this is likely to have on the foster care system. In the coming few years, experts predict that there will be a sharp increase in the number of children entering the foster care system as a result of this ruling, adding to the stress on an already underfunded and under-resourced system. An additional influx of children into foster care will result in more unstable placement and unprepared foster homes. More children will therefore be involved in the juvenile justice system. More children will become victims of sex trafficking and more children will struggle with mental health issues as a result of instability and a lack of a stable family support because of this decision. Over time, more young people will slip through the cracks that enter the foster care and their core needs will go unmet. We've talked about so many impacts which the overturn of Roe versus Wade has caused uh, till now. And I think it is not exactly limited to the domestic boundaries of the US. For a high income country like US to take such a giant leap, leap towards prohibiting what many people consider a basic human right is nearly unprecedented and will, will surely have a ripple effect uh, on other countries. The overturn might have received impact on the abortion and reproductive health policies of other countries as well. The US has had a reputation of being an increasingly soft hegemonic power since the rise of globalization. Internationally, the US holds the power to henceforth influence the domestic, political, and social environment. The overturn of Roe versus Wade may act as an incense to the already eroding situation of rights of women in countries all over the world. 
Many countries who consider the US as the yardstick of democracy and development may take the decision as a call for similar changes in the abortion laws in their country. Experts say that US has a huge outsized influence on global sexual and reproductive health programs for family planning, reproductive health, and maternal and child health. But undeniably, women's movements across the world have brought about considerable change and a shift in the law systems, and hence it would be difficult to ascertain a blind application of the US scenario across the world as such. It cannot be asserted with confidence, but this possibility hovers over the world as dangerous as ever. A case which can be prominently cited is that of an 11-year-old child who is being forced by the courts to carry a pregnancy after she was raped in Santa Catarina, Brazil. This urges us to really think if rather than questioning the ethics of abortion through arguments such as pro-life, we should instead be looking into the quality of life the mother and the child would be leaving. We should be questioning how a progressive society such as ours could resort to taking away a woman's choice and autonomy over her very own body and what she wishes to do with it.